Five seconds to the open. This is it. You ready? Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. And Sherry. Oh, she's very good. And now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. It is so great to have you with us here today. A little peek behind the curtain right now to start things off. Uh, Sherry and I, you know, we're uh, what's known as... One of the following, uh, air personalities, radio personalities, DJs, uh, personalities, hosts. Uh, but the one thing we uh, really are not known for is being influencers. So it was uh, interesting that uh, across our desk the other day came a request from a client of uh, one of our affiliates that said, Bob and Sherry, we would uh, be interested in the possibility of using you as influencers for, I'm not going to say their product, for their product. We will need you to give us an idea of what kind of influencers you will be. Uh, you'll be <laughs> writing your own influencer scripts uh, so that we know that you are in definitely influential influencers. Or in anyway, <laughs> I just I don't want to be an influencer. I think I think the only I gave it some thought. I think the only we would just have to be different influencers. We would have to, I don't think it would be one specific product. It would just have to be generic. For instance, um, if you, Bob and Sherry here, your uh, lifestyle influencers, if you unfortunately are contemplating leaving your partner, take everything you can from the house before you <laughs> say anything. <laughs> just just take take all the stuff that you really love all of the music all of you know that one painting take get the dog get the dog out say the dog is visiting your sister or something like that that's the well, and that's the you, type of power we would have as influencers i think and if if you think that the breakup could get ugly and dramatic go ahead and start slowly getting your baby pictures and things that have no monetary value but are priceless sentimental items get those into hiding yeah yeah get those exactly. into hiding put that over with your sister too yeah you're exactly right so i don't know how we make money that way the whole influencer <laughs> thing i mean there's a thing in radio now it's you're not a radio personality you're an influencer i mean that's, that's it's just, just that's just, that's just that's what we do in the industry so that we don't have to actually do something. We just we just say some yeah. things, we give things new names, and then we don't have to actually do anything meaningful to change anything. I will but, tell you that today's moron yeah. of the day and morons in the news is an uh -huh. influencer oh, who really? created 10 fake identities. And when you hear why and what she stole and how, you're going to be out mm -hmm. of your mind. Yeah, that's coming Ten. up in morons. Yeah. Ten fake that is coming up. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is coming that up is in morons in the news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was, you know, the whole influencer thing. That was something I never saw coming, you know, years ago. Never, never thought that a 17-year-old girl would be making more money than my father made uh, sitting in front of a camera talking about her skincare or whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember the kid's name, but I think we've got an eight-year-old YouTuber who, who's worth um, many millions of dollars. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're right. Yeah. Well, you know, look how I. Uh, this is just I have nothing but um, envy and self-recrimination because look how uh, adorable and sassy Karamia was, and I didn't I didn't exploit that child to make money off of her. Shame on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I was I think I, what I could I, have done. I was I'm glad you didn't though. I read a thing about uh, child actors back in the golden age of Hollywood, you know, the uh, age of Elizabeth Taylor and Judy Garland and uh, uh, Mickey Rooney and people like that. And what what they did to these child actors was horrific. They were working them because they, they wanted to save money on even big production budgets. Still cost a lot of money to make a movie even back then. They were feeding them um, speed, basically. And uh, they'd let them sleep for like four hours and then wake them up. And th- these are uh, teenagers, you know, 15 to maybe 18, 19 years of age. And they'd give them a, a, a pill that was basically speed. And there were several like teenagers, you know, in one of the movies. These kids were bouncing off the walls, just <laughs> bouncing off the walls. Because they were just so hopped up and it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then, of course, especially with the girls, to keep their weight down, they, they were starving them. I mean, it was miserable to be one of those kids. You don't have to go back that far. Look what happened to the kids who worked for um, iCarly and, and kids on Disney Channel shows. There's a guy named Dan Schneider. He's the creator of iCarly and Zoe 101 and a whole bunch of Nickelodeon TV shows. Just last week, one of mm-hmm. the um, child actors from Zoe 101, which starred Jamie Lynn Spears, um, Britney Spears' younger sister. Her name is Alexa Nicholas. She was protesting outside their offices, um, complaining about the systemic abuse at Nickelodeon um, there have been reports of child actors being um, sexualized. Jeanette mm-hmm. McCurdy in her book, I'm Glad My Mom is Dead, talked a little bit about this. Um, but like Alexa Nicholas said that I never felt protected at Nickelodeon as a child, that Dan Schneider um, would sexualize the, the girls, that some of the um, people that were working as dialogue coaches were... Um, molesting and abusing kids and this goes this goes back to like all the nickelodeon shows some of the child performers on the disney channel have come forward you want to look at the um ah, the corys corey feldman and corey haim Mm -hmm. you don't you don't have to go further back than 30 seconds ago to find abuses of child performers in the entertainment industry there are some people that are saying we need to outlaw it. Just use, you know, deep fakes or whatever. I don't know that that's right, the answer. Right. Maybe instead of using deep fakes, maybe we hold these people, these adults accountable, accountable. for the things yeah, exactly. that they do. Maybe we yeah. don't look the other way just because iCarly's a hit. This is Bob and Cherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Owning a small business can be super tough. Sometimes you have to get creative just to make ends meet. Maybe that's why a mother-daughter funeral business got into the illegal body parts game. Gruesome. But a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I really do believe that the Internet, especially comments from people who are reading articles, is fostering just the most bizarre form of insanity that's possible. And I'll, I'll give you an example. This, first of all, this guy's out of his mind that I'm going to be telling you about. But it's the comments 
that really get my attention and foster this crazed insanity. Uh, there is a man from Japan. He calls himself Toko, T-O-K-O. He spent $12,500 transforming himself into a Lassie-style dog. He uploads videos of his escapades explaining, I became a collie because I wanted to be an animal. His latest video on the channel, which is called I Want to Be an Animal, and by the way, I bet there are some people that they Google that and they expect something else, um, show him walking on all fours into a huge dog cage. The person recording the video then shuts the cage uh, closed, trapping him inside. The costume-clad guy, uh, Toko, then starts pawing at the door before the lights in the room are turned off so that he can go to sleep. But the footage also shows that Toko starts barking until the person filming him turns the light back on. He then unlocks the cage to let him out. The video also includes him being petted and chasing after a toy someone throws for him. Unbelievably, he has fans on YouTube. This is where I think insanity is being advanced. One person after viewing this said, I got sad when you were put in the crate, but then I saw you got tummy rubs and a walk, so everything is okay. Another person said, love you, Toko. Keep living your dreams. <laughs> you know, as long as he's not biting anyone or chewing up the furniture or barking too much at the neighbors, <laughs> I live your best life. This is a hard life. If, it's, if the only it's way you feel. Pretending to yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if the only way you feel any joy is by being a dog, then like I said, you know, stay off the couch. Don't bite anybody. Try to keep the barking down and go live your life. Seriously. Like is, is this man, is he, is he hurting anyone by pretending to be a dog? Sherry, he's pretending to be a dog and being locked in a cage and chasing dog toys. And someone says, keep living your dream, Toko. Are you kidding? People should be posting, Toko, stop this, get out of the cage, and go get a job. What is, well, how what is, is this how is Toko? How is Toko supporting himself? Like, who buys Toko's kibble? You know, like, what? How, in what way is Toko um, uh, infringing on the rest know. of us? I, I I don't know. Maybe he's a uh, guard dog. Maybe he's one of those security animals for somebody. I, I I don't know how he gets through his life. Maybe he goes to a job and then he comes home and he's Toko. I, I, I but but the comment, love you, Toko. Keep living your dreams. You know, that's that's an insane dream. Why are we why are we saying go get it? Shouldn't we at one time just say, You are nuts? Why are you doing this? Don't don't plant this seed in somebody else's you mind. Know, just just for the sake of argument, we revere and elevate hedge fund traders that make millions on Wall Street. Look at those look at those smart hedge fund people making millions and millions. You know, meanwhile, their their horse swapping contributes to the fact that a lot of us can't afford a mortgage, right? But these are, you know, you're a titan of business. You go, Chet. But here, this man just wants to 
sleep in a little cute buffalo plaid bed from PetSmart and get scratches on his head. And and you're you're busting his stones for it. Like, why not? You know, if Toko's not hurting anybody, why not let him be a dog? I'm not busting I'm, anything. I'm he, he was he was neutered. Uh, that was one of the things that uh, I didn't throw in there. So I'm not I'm not busting anything. I, I I don't know, man. Like most days, I'm so uh-huh. wiped by the end of the day, and I look at my dog and I think, who owns who? You know, mm-hmm. who's Who's really somebody's pet here? Like, you're living a much better life than I am. Yeah, you know, that's right. He probably is. All right, straight ahead. Yeah. Morons in the News is next. An influencer fesses up to how she was paying for that influencer lifestyle, and you're going to be infuriated at what she did. It's Bob and Sherry. Let's go, go. Bob and Sherry. Idiot! With morons in the news. I am looking at some video. It's the craziest thing I've seen in morons in the news in a long, long time. A Florida couple's marriage got off to a rocky start when the owner of their reception venue decided that the DJ was playing the music too loud. There were going to be complaints from neighbors. And so he started screaming and get this waving a handgun in the air in the wedding reception and pointing it at one of the people who came to the wedding inches away from the guy's head. This is what it sounded like. That is what was going on, and it kept going on and kept going on. They uh, they recorded it. The guy owns the venue there in Florida. He's been arrested and charged with uh, assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Now, on the one hand, I understand that if the DJ is playing the music too loud and there's a certain cutoff time at night, you got to turn it down. But the DJ, who was a cousin of the couple, by the way, said he did turn it down. And then this, here comes this, and he's a big, scary-looking guy with a gun and holding it. I think it was to the father-in-law's head at one point. And then finally the cops show up and arrest this guy. We are out of control in this country. I just... When you can't even go to a wedding reception. I mean, typically the scariest thing at a wedding reception is watching, you know, Mamma try to do the YMCA. Or the best best man's speech. You know, that can be dangerous too sometimes. Holy cow. Over to you. Today's moron of the day is Danielle Miller. She is the daughter of a lawyer and the former president of the New York State Bar Association. She appeared in federal court in Boston by video from her jail cell so that she could plead guilty to all of the many charges against her. She's a 33-year-old influencer on Instagram with more than 34,000 followers. And here is what she did to get herself in so much trouble. She set up 10 fake identities to get loans meant for small businesses to get them through the COVID pandemic. Mm. So while small businesses were having to shut down and lay people off and go under, Danielle was getting over half a million and a half dollars in those COVID PPP loans that she was then spending on designer clothes and designer handbags 
and trips and posting it all up on Instagram. And the identities that she was using to get those fraudulent bank accounts and to steal that money meant for small businesses, Mm -hmm. she stole those identities from other people. And if you've ever known anyone or or yourself been the victim of identity theft, it's a Mm -hmm. nightmare that you almost never are able to really wake up from. Yeah, it's a terrible expense. You're probably wondering after Danielle appeared in federal court via video and pled guilty, what kind of sentence she got for stealing 10 identities Mm -hmm. and getting a million and a half dollars in fraudulent COVID relief loans. Want to take a guess? Uh, I am going to say she got five years. You're being very realistic. Um, She got six years, but a year and a half of that overlaps with a sentence she's already serving. And she does have to come up with $1.3 million in fines and restitution. Good. But yeah, yeah, six years. It's not very much at all. Um, A lot of people's lives got ruined. Nobody died. You know, there weren't any guns fired. I hope some of the money still is there. Those, those types of people tend to uh, spend it all. I hope some of the money is still there so it can be returned. What a terrible well, person. You know, people were struggling so much to keep employees employed. And this jerk comes along and does this. I, I guess, you know, we'll have to sell some of those Louis Vuitton handbags and yeah. Dior shoes and maybe right. see how much we can get for that to get up to $1.3 million. It's so gross. When you mm-hmm. think about just in the town where you live, all of the little mom and pop restaurants, sports bars, businesses like that. Exactly. Little shops, little boutiques that just went under because right. they they couldn't they couldn't be open and they couldn't pay their people. And she did all of that so that she could look like, you know, a Kardashian on Instagram. Like, excuse me right. while I vomit. That is Morons in the News for today. We got some Murdoch news for you coming up along with comedian Quinn Patterson. We're going to talk about Chris Rock Netflix special, Steven Spielberg on UFOs and animals that are self-medicating. Man, even animals have anxiety living in this timeline. It's Bob and Sherry. Come on down to the Bob and Sherry store with all kinds of great merchandise. Color me curious. Including the Bob and Sherry coloring book. A coloring book for exhausted adults. You know what? I'm exhausted. You exhaust me. Color your stress away. 50 fun images with lots of snarky slogans. That's correct. Order them for your friends and neighbors. Makes a great gift for mom on Mother's Day. That's music to a mother's ears. Or anytime. Or anytime. Get it today. Just hit the shop tab at bobandsherry.com Bob and Sherry books, swag and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com Boy, the Murdoch thing has turned into an industry unto itself. I was just uh, noticing that Buster Murdoch, who is the brother of the slain uh, Murdoch kid, is uh, now, has now relocated to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. He is living with his girlfriend, and you just can't get away and hide when you have hair like that, and mm. people have seen you on TV day after day after day, particularly in the, the low country. So he moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Hilton Head with his girlfriend, and evidently immediately was uh, spotted, and has gone to the police and said, um, I'm being followed 
I'm being harassed, and can you do something about it? So evidently people, and there's, there's not much paparazzi hanging around Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, but um, evidently people would see him and follow him and try to figure out where he is. And now, the, you know, the location of the apartment, I'm not going to give it, uh, is available. And his life is, uh, is not undercover and not any easier in, the, in a resort city. And, uh, you know, I tell you, I think it was probably a bad location because there are people who uh, are from all over the country that come and visit. Hilton might be easier to hide. They've all seen it. Might be easier for a guy like that to hide in a big city than in a small beach community. Either a big city out of the south or in a rural area where, you know, there's just not that much going on. But, you know, he's a young man. He, I guess he was thinking that the place has great restaurants and beaches and bars and all of that. But man, well, when you look like a, a human stop sign, as soon as you walk in, people are going to say, look who's there. I'm not sure that his legal troubles are behind him. No. Either. No. And that, that story He's, is, without getting into it here, about a uh, young man who was killed on a highway who was uh, yeah, uh, openly gay. And yeah. And, and also, um, Hilton Head's a little too close to home for Buster. And right. um, the last thing that, like, wow, are your priorities really restaurants and beaches at this in this grim chapter? Like, right. yeah, it's he's a long way from being done. And the right. press is a long way from being done with him. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Quinn Patterson. But I, you know, I don't cry over spilled milk. It is what it is. My mom did the best that she could raising me, and she did a great job, I think. But there was things, yeah, thank you, yeah, shout out to mom. What's that? Yep. <laughs> That's all you got, brother? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you. You made me out trying to be cool, too. growing up, sir. It was rough on me, man. And it was little things that used to bother me as a kid. Little things like cereal. And I know that's crazy, but when I spent the night over my friend's house, you guys, they had the best cereal in the world. <laughs> I would be up before my friend's parents and my friends. I'd be downstairs in the kitchen looking on top of their refrigerator because I couldn't wait to eat. Because they would have Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, and Frosted Flakes. Why? Because Tony the Tiger said, they're My mother would buy us big white button with black letters that just said, Flakes. <laughs> That's what they were. <laughs> and you guys know the good cereal boxes will have the prizes at the bottom of the boxes. The cartoon captions on the back. You can eat and read and have a great start to your morning. You know what I did with my cereal box for amusement? I would take it and set it up on the counter and take 10 steps back and take a cereal spoon and put it over one eye act like I was at the eye doctor. F-L-A-K-E. <laughs> What does that spell? Nasty flakes. <laughs> My friends had great snacks. Oh, we'd be outside the neighborhood playing. Their parents be like, come on in, guys. We're going to have snacks. 
They would have Hostess Ho-Hos, Twinkie Cupcakes, Fruity Fruit Pies. My mother's idea for a good snack was government grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> See, y'all don't know nothing about that, y'all. Eat provolone cheese. <laughs> take a minute, take a minute, take a minute. Here comes provolone cheese. <laughs> I wrote that for y'all. Sister, do you know about the government cheese? I need your help. No? You got white parents? Well, anyway, it's, it's this big block of government cheese that gave to us for free. And don't get me wrong, that was some of the best cheese in the world. But my mother did not know how to cut this cheese, you guys. She would start cutting real thin at the top, and then it would seem like carpal tunnel was setting her wrist, because she would start slatting off to the side. By the time she got done, I had a five-pound block of cheese melted on some toast. It tastes great going in, but I had a hard time getting it off. We'll post his setup at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And while you're there, you could pop on over to the Bob and Sherry store. We have so many cool things. Of course, we have the legendary book of Bob and Cooking with Cats. We also have our adult coloring book. It's always something. Did you know that for stressed out grownups, coloring is like a really good way to chill yourself out? And with the Bob and Sherry, it's always something coloring book. Your suffering is validated page after page. Keep it here. We've got all kinds of stuff coming up for you, including the Bob and Sherry box office game. This is Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Owning a small business can be super tough. Sometimes you have to get creative just to make ends meet. Maybe that's why a mother-daughter funeral business got into the illegal body parts game. Gruesome. But a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcast. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Place. Little stories from around the nation and the world that you may have missed. We're going to start out with a story from Great Britain. And they say, and I'm just going to read it. If you're in your car or truck right now, just, just think about what I'm going to tell you. Scrapping 80% of traffic lights would unclog roads and still be safe, a think tank has said. The Institute for Economic Affairs said lights totals, another number of lights, have risen 40% in 20 years, making driving, quote, a misery. It wants many more shared spaces without lights to encourage more considerate road use. Two towns in Holland and in Germany successfully got rid of 80% of their lights. You know, when I look at this story, I think, you know, that seems like give it a shot. That that might be pretty good. But then I, I reflected and I thought, that's Holland and Germany. I don't think we Americans would really embrace that in a thoughtful way. I just, I think we're different. I think the cars that we drive and the trucks that we drive are bigger and faster 
for the most part, although they, I mean, they have big fast cars in, uh, in Europe, certainly. But I just think our attitudes, our aggressive driving is, is at the point that I don't think it I, would work. I think that the, the, I think you're right. I agree with you. Um, we have an individualist mentality. I've yes. got places to be. I've got somewhere to go. I'm on a schedule. Right. I'm going to run your dog over on my way to get to work, right? right? We don't, and we have far more wide open spaces and roads. We don't live in, in tight communities really the way. Yeah. We have so much more space than Holland does. I don't right. think it will work for us. Although my um, my one of my former commutes, the shortest commute I had, there were 13 traffic lights between me and the parking lot at work. <laughs> I remember that. And I they remember were, you coming I'd in. Hit well, you counted every, them one day. Every single one. I could never find. There's a pattern to the lights, yeah. and I could never. Yeah. I tried for years to figure out the pattern on these lights. Most days, I sat at 13 traffic lights alone, the only car in the intersection, because it was the middle of the night. So you um, know, when I think I, about that, I'm like, yeah, bring it. Let's let's draw. Let's dump some of these. I know, I know. Aren't you aren't you a little surprised that with all the technology that we have, and it really is amazing. I mean, our phones alone are amazing. Aren't you surprised that there still is not a system where the light can tell whether there's somebody waiting in one lane to go or not? Thereby, if there's no one there, it can be green on the on the main I, thoroughfare. I, we I still don't have are, that. Once in a while, there are some, but there, there are, are not, some intersections. Yeah, but not many. Some. Not there not many. I was I was I looking used, to get somewhere fast about a week ago, and I'm on the main thoroughfare. There's a side there's a side road that goes into a private community. There's nobody there, and and the light is green for them, and it's backing up like 30, 35 cars. And you just look over and you go. This is ridiculous. There's no one coming. Why can't we have a sensor? You know, I mean, we, we've we discovered ways to get into each other's lives and know everything about what kind of shoes we wear, our underwear and everything else. Why can't we figure out something? Oh, there's nobody there. Let's let the other cars go. Listen, my husband makes fun of me, but um, I know every cut through every workaround every everything because once a pizza delivery driver always a pizza delivery driver last night i was sitting in this line of traffic and i know the road and i knew that everything was getting hung up at this one traffic light that is green for a second three you know those lights where only three cars get through and then it's red again it's maddening Um, I whipped a U-turn and was at my destination before the car in front of me got to the next light. Like it's mm-hmm. insane, but we're not going to, we're not going to change. You know, we're not going to change. No, you know I, I think not. we, I think we'll figure out the thing with the sensors, but as far as, you know, cutting back 80% in this country, I don't think there's any way. All right, here's the next plate here. It takes just over a year to set in <clears throat> boredom. It takes just over a year for boredom to set in if you are retired. Um, evidently people get into a, uh, no set routine and they spend a lot of time at home with their partner and each day gets to be too much for both them and their partner. A one in 10 admitted to being bored after they retired just five months in most people, it takes about a year and they go, what am I doing here? I, I have a friend of mine who was very successful in the financial world. 
and he and his wife retired. I think he was 50. And that was that was 15 years ago. I, I've only seen him once at, at a wedding. And I said, how you doing? Oh, fine. We just follow the good weather. They have money. We just follow the good weather. So they've got more than one place to live, and that must be helpful. But I just thought of 15 years, which is about half the amount of time that I've been with you. I can't imagine not, not I mean, I'm not his age, but I can't imagine not having worked for the last 15 years. I think I would be out of my bloody mind. Um, I, You know what scares me more than people retire and then get bored? Is that statistic... And it's in the um, Alanis Morissette song, I think. You know, the, these people, these poor men who work their whole... Because it's often men, honestly, that you hear this about. I mean, I'm sorry for you, but it's, retire it's often men. And, and they're, he works yeah, they're his whole life. two weeks. Yeah. yeah, two weeks later, he drops yeah. dead. It's like, buddy, yeah. what in the about Schmidt is this? That you gave your whole <laughs> life to the company... And yeah. then, you know, you're out on the deck looking at a bird or whatever as you drop dead. <laughs> I know. So it's so unfair. sad, isn't it? It's, it's so sad. so unfair. And finally, Simon Cowell wants to help Britney Spears back to the top of show business. Britney has publicly stated that she is not interested in a chart return. Simon feels the pair have a good chemistry after co-starring uh, with uh, various TV shows. I guess American. Was she on American Idol? I think she was a judge for a while in America. For a period of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is he is very good at what he does, picking songs and um, being an A and R man, putting them together with uh, with singers. It's just Britney just seems so fragile. I just don't know that she needs to have that that sort of white heat on her anymore. What do you think? I I think that Britney should not be pressured to do anything. I agree with you. I think Britney should be yeah. left alone. Yeah. yeah. If it works out, it works out. But, uh, you know, he probably would be a pretty good guy to do that. And that is Small Plates. Drive carefully out there. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Mary and I sat down and watched the Chris Rock new special, stand-up uh, comedy special, which is in a concert hall, beautiful concert hall in Baltimore. And it's on Netflix. And I do not have tender uh, ears. I do not have tender ears. You can't have tender ears and do what we do for a living. But And I love Chris Rock. I do. We've had him on the show. He was fun and uh, a great guest. But I have to tell you, the language is just... Mary said, I can't take it anymore. And she left. But I hung with it. And he's very funny. It's not his best uh, concert that I've ever seen. And they are teasing, what is he going to say about the slap? that Will Smith gave him at the Oscars. And so I thought about halfway through he was going to address it. He kind of teased it, then he backed away. And then he teased it again, and then he backed away. Uh, he, he would say he would bring up uh, uh, somebody who's like uh, a rapper, and he would say, I don't need no rappers mad at me, another rapper mad at me. He did that a couple of times. He held on till the end of the concert, and I'm—I I mean, it's—it's it's out there, so I'm not, you know, giving anything away here. And he unloaded on them, both, both uh, Will and Jada Smith. He just unloaded. If you thought for a minute that there was going to be some sort of a um, forgiveness, a repair of a relationship, forget it. Never will that be repaired. Now, at one point, he was alluding to what I guess was somewhat common knowledge. 
that Jada Smith had an affair with her son's friend. He yes. went there. And that was not, he was not, if you remember that situation in the Oscars, the only thing that got Will Smith out of his seat was the reference to Jada's uh, shaved head and nothing to do with any affairs that I can recall. Um, there, well, you're there remembering may have been it correctly. Mm-mm. Yeah. You're remembering yeah. it right. And he's he's funny, but he is really, really, there's no other word, harsh. There are some interesting parts where he talks about how his daughter was suspended from a private school that she was going to in uh, Los Angeles, along with three other girls for doing something. He went to the school because he came home and he said, why are you here? And they all laughed. Oh, we're going to get to go back in. We were suspended. He didn't like that. Because, you know, he didn't come up from much. He went to the school surreptitiously and said to the headmaster, I want you to throw her out permanently. Throw her out. And she did not find out until the special aired a few days ago. That he was the reason she got expelled. Wow. Yep. And he wanted that to teach a more permanent lesson yeah. than just, ha, 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 it, you're suspended? That is exactly why. And he said, you know what, folks? It straightened her out. And today she's in culinary school in Paris. He also told an interesting story. I can't believe that his mother was in the audience. I guess she's, she's heard everything he's ever done. And, you know, um, he was talking about how his mother, who was born in 1941, um, needed dental work and she could not find a black dentist and white dentist would not serve her. She had to go to a veterinarian for her dental work. Oh my and, gosh. You know, you, your, your jaw dropped. And then you say, you know what? You know what she's doing today? She's visiting my daughter in Paris at her cooking school. And, you know, the audience applauds. And, it, you know, it, it is a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing to happen. But he went on and on. He, at one point he was saying, a lot of people were saying, oh, you got slapped. It's no big deal. He said, I'm not a big guy. Nobody called on me to test for the Muhammad Ali uh, role. I was in Pootie Tang, and, and everybody laughed about that. He said, I'm not a big guy. He's a pretty big guy. And uh, if you don't think that I was knocked around and messed up with that, you got another thing coming. And he went on and on and on about that. And then at the end, drops the mic, literally walks off the stage. It's not I, the funniest thing he's ever done, but I don't think that he walked on stage saying, I'm going to do the funniest thing I've ever done. I think he walked on stage saying, I'm going to make this funny, but I got, I got a few issues to settle here. I don't, you know, this idea that, you know, he should have to defend, like, how hard was the slap? I think that's crazy. Right. He doesn't have to defend anything. He was on well, stage performing. Well, he's just performing. saying people are coming up to him. People, I guess, in the business are saying, hey, come on, can't you, you know, get together with him again? You know, I already slapped you. But uh, that was that was more of a punch than a slap as far as force goes. And there is no the, the ill will. It, it seems to have built since then because he kidded about it for a while. But there, there was no kidding in this stand up special on Netflix. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice if we could play a clip, but I don't even know that you can. You can't. You can't. 
Now, the language is, it, it, it is nonstop swearing or the N-word, one or the other, for uh, 90 minutes. And again, he's he's a gifted artist, and I've, I've seen every special that he's ever done, and nobody really cuts to the bone or looks at life quite the way Chris Rock does. I'm glad I saw it, but I have to say it's a rough ride. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast. I was listening to the podcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Podcast. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday with uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. That is 100% true. The Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast. I heard your podcast. Yes, please go on. On the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast. On the free Bob and Sherry app. So Bob was just talking about the Chris Rock special on Netflix, which is a pretty aggressive and wild ride. One of the things Chris Rock talked about is, like, you know, why is he getting slapped? Will Smith was interviewed by Jada Pinkett on her Facebook show, Red Table Talk, about her infidelity. And Chris Rock says... So they're talking about their marriage and her cheating. Like, first of all, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you dumping that publicly? And then why are you slapping me? And I remember when that happened and thought, y'all going to regret this Mm -hmm. because this, the world doesn't have any right to know certain things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it moved humanity forward. Like, I don't know what the purpose of that was. It showed, yeah, that they can weather anything. But on the other hand, it was excruciating to watch. Don't like, you I'm think no- it's a, it was you know emasculating? Was it not I, emasculating for him? Why did she do that? What was she just so ticked excuse, off at? No, no, no. Why did he agree to that? Why did they do well, that? Well, I agree. Not, no, no. She, he wasn't handcuffed and tasered. Why did they do that? Why did but he as want wife, to participate? Why would you do that, that to your husband if you're going to stay with him? Why would you do that to your husband? Why? Well, why are you cheating on them in the first place? Much less right. talking about it on Facebook. Um, he that is not something she did to him on Red Table Talk. That's something they did together as a couple. And I, I just. Like, on the one hand, celebrities yell and demand their privacy. And then on the other hand, you vomit that up. And it was just so difficult to watch. Yeah. And, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what, how that helped anything. But no, Chris Rock didn't. in his special kind of makes the case that what started at the red table culminated in him getting clocked at the Oscars. Right. And it right. makes none of it makes any sense at all. Y'all, no. it is it is something to behold if you're going to watch it. It's on Netflix. It is, right. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. It's talkback time. We love hearing from y'all. You can call the show old school style on your phone at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERI. Or if you have our app, which is free in Google Play and the Apple Store, 
And you can do lots of things with it. You can listen to the show every day, listen to each and every one of our podcasts, including our new one, True Weird Stuff. You can enter contests. And if you look on the screen, there's a microphone in the bottom center. Just tap it, talk, and the app will do the rest. Hey, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. This is Carol from Oregon. I was just listening to your segment about the Ozempic commercial jingle, um, that song from the 70s. Um, but I was thinking about how, yes, if you um, are old enough to hear a song from your youth, in a prescription drug commercial, you old. <laughs> and so for me, that one would be the Instacart commercial that features No Diggity by Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre. So um, I don't know if this is appropriate to play on the air or not, but I would just point out that Instacart is using the line from the song that says, I got to bag it up because, of course, they're bagging up groceries for you. And I don't know if they realized it or not. But the No Diggity song is about a girl that kind of gets around and I got to bag it up. And I don't think that means what they think it means. I don't think they're talking about groceries. <laughs> so I don't know if somebody made a mistake in the marketing department with that one or if, in fact, they knew exactly what they were doing in targeting people of my age group to use Instacart. But I just thought I would throw that out there. Anyway, thank you guys so much for your show. Love you. I caught that too. And that is exactly what they're doing. They're using no diggity to target. Let's hear it. Let's let's hear it. I like the way you work, kids. No diggy, no diggy. Oh sure, they knew what it was. But it still it still works. You know? And they're getting away with it. Am I right, Sherry? They did it all. I mean, of course, that's why they did it. Yeah. It works. It's a very good commercial because it jumps right out at you. I, I haven't seen it yet. I must not be watching the same show so as you it's all, it's all animation. And, oh yeah, and and it kind of and it walks you through how you do it on your phone and how easy mm-hmm. it is and everything else. It's very effective. They knew what this song meant, but they just yeah. figured the words "bag it" are up in there, and you know, most yeah, people yeah, yeah. might not know. I have to say, the first time it came on, I stopped in my tracks and turned around and looked at the TV because I was like, "Well, that alone." That alone made it a success as far as the yeah. campaign goes. This right? was the yeah. number one song in the country 27 years ago. Whoa! Oh, say, take it back. 27 years? It was years? Ni- 1996. He just I, plunged <laughs> half the audience into despair. I know. Because I looked I it up. And then the Ozempka. What is that product? Ozempic. Ozempic. That's 20 years before this. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Got another one for us, Max? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I do. Let me set it up real quick. So Friday, uh, March 3rd's episode of True Weird Stuff looked at the mother-daughter team from Montrose, Colorado. They had a funeral home called the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home, and they also had an illegal body brokerage business. These two bouffant, aquanetted sociopaths worked together to defraud grieving families of uh, the remains of their loved ones. And they were, it wasn't, there wasn't anything tidy or clean about it. They were in the back room hacking people up and selling them off one piece at a time for a profit. This just happened, you guys, in January, just two months ago, they were both sentenced to prison, mother and daughter. And we have a talk back about it. 
Hi, Bob and Sherry. My name's Amanda. I'm a mortuary science student at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. I've been listening to you for over 15 years. Longest standing relationship I have. Anyways, I just listened to the Mommy and Me Body Snatchers episode on your oddcast, and I didn't know if you knew it's kind of a running joke between mortuary science students that all the crazy stuff happens in Colorado because you don't have to be licensed in Colorado to do funeral directing. And so we kind of always joke that people who can't pass their boards end up moving to Colorado. Love you guys. Thanks for all you do. That is well, amazing. Me, One state me, doesn't, doesn't require let, that? Wow. Let me give you a little bit of good news because of what happened at the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose. And by the way, like we're just we're we're days away from hearing about hearings about reparations, about getting these families compensated in some fashion. But because of that, the laws in Colorado have changed. It oh, used to be before this this insane crime went down. Um, it used to be that you could have a funeral service and a body brokerage company which is what they did at Sunset Mesa. Um, and now you are not allowed to do that. Uh, it's, it's a more regulated industry in Colorado than it was because of what Megan Hess and her mother, Dorothy, got up to. What people don't realize, and that, that is the uh, most recent episode of True Weird Stuff, everywhere to get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere. It's called Mommy and Me Body Snatchers. What, what people don't realize is it's, there's nothing illegal about the body brokerage business, as long as everybody's on the up and up, Megan and her mother weren't. They were stealing remains from grieving families and selling. So them you would profit. have you would have to be uh, uh, one of the family members that would agree to this. You donate your body to science or whatever. Yeah, right. okay. um, you don't need. You can open a body brokerage business today, Bob. You don't need a license. You don't need a permit. You can just say it's the Bob Lacey Body Parts Bazaar. And start selling stuff. And a it's a, a crazy unregulated business. A different meaning to bag it up. So, yep. Yeah, totally, totally. There it hey, is. coming up, animals that self-medicate. It's Bob and Sherry. True, weird stuff. Owning a small business can be super tough. Sometimes you have to get creative just to make ends meet. Maybe that's why a mother-daughter funeral business got into the illegal body parts game. Gruesome. But a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcast. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. All right, this is really fun and interesting. The director, Steven Spielberg, was on the uh, Colbert show. And Colbert asked Spielberg what he thinks about all the UFOs and UAPs in the skies right now. Let's talk about UFOs for a minute. What do you make of what's going on right now? Oh, it's exciting. <laughs> There's something out there. So you're a believer. I don't know if I'm a believer in the sense that I'm kind of the person that would think I, I got to see something like that to believe it. I, I can make up stuff sure. and make movies about things that I've never seen or experienced, and that's fine. But in terms of really believing something, I think I'd have to have a, my own close encounter. Mm -hmm. um, so I have, I've never seen a UFO. I wish I wish I did. Nothing that's unexplained. I've never seen anything that I couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. But I believe certain people who have seen things that they can't explain that is unexplainable. Um, I think what has been coming out recently 
is fascinating, just absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think the the secrecy that is shrouding all of these sightings mm -hmm. and the lack of transparency until Freedom of Information Act compels certain materials to be released publicly, I think that there is something going on that simply needs extraordinary um, you know, due diligence. I mean, I just, I, I would like to hear more about it. I don't know what they are. Uh, my imagination and my love for, you know, I, I don't believe we're alone in the universe. I think it's mathematically impossible that we are the only, you know, you know, intelligent species in, in, the, in the cosmos. I think that's totally impossible. At the same time, it almost seems impossible that anybody would visit us from 400 million light years from here, mm -hmm. except in the movies, unless it figures out some way of, you know, sort of, you know, basically uh, jumping the shark, so to speak, mm -hmm. and getting here through wormholes or, or, or uh, so I, I'm not a astrophysicist. I really can't speak the language of the people that do it so well out at JPL. Mm -hmm. But I just know as a person that makes movies and uses his imagination and also as a person that is, that is insatiably curious about UFOs, or UAPs, yes. that that there's something something going on that we're really not being made made that's not being disclosed to us. Well, senators who have been briefed on this, and I don't mean just these latest balloon-ish incidents, senators who have been briefed on this have said there are things the American people deserve to know, and the quote I love is, "and they're ready to learn," and that yeah. says to me that there's something sort of um, paradigm shattering. Yeah about this news that we're not being told. You know the most optimistic thing I feel about these things that we're seeing in the skies yeah. or the Army and Navy and Air Force are yeah. recording on their, on, their, on their gun cameras is that what if they're not from an advanced civilization 300 million light years from here, but what if it's us 500,000 years into the future that is coming back to document the second half of the 20th century and into the first 20th century because they're anthropologists and they know something that we don't quite know yet that has occurred and they're trying to track uh, um, um, the last hundred years of our of our history. Well, the wow. Which is That's its own kind of unsettling, isn't yeah, it, really? It is. You're right. Do you know that Steven Spielberg, I just read this the other day, Steven Spielberg has been thanked more in Oscar speeches than God. For real. Oh, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in Hollywood, um, he's probably more he's popular, He's a bit of a deity. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a deity. Thank oh, God. Right. I, yeah. You know, there are a lot that of people that... That was an interesting interview. There are a lot of people that have kind of put forward this idea that um, what we're seeing is actually ourselves. But time travel is almost as impossible to make sense of from a physics standpoint as interstellar travel, which is then you get to the next crowd in the room. And those are the dimensional people that say that it's the multiverse and we're bleeding into other universes and dimensions and it's fascinating stuff, isn't it? Well, if I'm 500 about. years in the future, the last person I'm looking back at seeing how he's doing is Bobby. There is absolutely no way I want to relive that at all. Any of it. It's yeah. Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I 
don't believe that. And then you're at it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. You know, in honor of Cocaine Bear, which is a runaway hit at the box office, just a smash. And the director is Elizabeth Banks, who played Effie Trinket in The Hunger Games. And I bet mm-hmm. that when Elizabeth Banks was a little girl and daydreaming about growing up to be a big Hollywood movie director, I bet she didn't see Cocaine Bear. As being <laughs> <laughs> her I, I thought of that. You're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> uh, but in honor of Cocaine Bear, I did a little bit of digging. You know, there are a lot of animals in the animal kingdom that self-medicate deliberately mm-hmm. and intentionally. And... I'm going to give you some examples of that. There's one really cool example of animals that self-medicate. And um, for, this goes back for like centuries. Um, Native Americans would study brown bears and watch the way that brown bears um, would combine certain plants when they, mm-hmm. when they were eating and grazing. So the Navajo people um, borrowed the recipe and they used this root that these bears would chew and spit out and then chew again. And they, it's the OSHA root. And they turned it into a treatment for upset stomach and like indigestion. And they called the treatment bear medicine because they had gotten mm-hmm. the idea from watching bears. So that's pretty cool, right? But yeah. it's not, it's not just that kind of medicine. Like the male bustard, that's the heaviest bird that can fly. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of mating season, male great bustard birds eat blister beetles. Now, these beetles, if you eat too many of them, can kill the bl- the great bustard. But mm-hmm. if you eat just enough, they reduce the gut bacteria that causes STDs. And the last thing you want at the beginning of mating season is to be a male great bustard oh, bird. Oh, yeah. With yeah. the gonorrhea, okay? Right. Like, you are not going to be <laughs> successful with the ladies if you've got the STDs. Do you want to – is this uncomfortable? I'm sorry. Do you want to hear some more? No, I, I'd some look more? for it. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, dolphins deliberately eat pufferfish because the toxin inside pufferfish causes hallucinations. And the dolphins really? do it intentionally. Because they're partying. Dolphins are so intelligent. They're getting high. They are so intelligent. Yeah. Mandrels, the the, um, primate mandrel, they do the same thing with certain roots that um, cause hallucinations. And you've all heard the stories about elephants and monkeys eating fermented fruit and getting absolutely trashed. Smashed, yeah. Yeah, when the fruit it ferments, ferments. it turns turns into alcohol. Um, Mm -hmm. Female woolly monkeys... At the beginning of mating season, they eat this special kind of leaves that increases their fertility. And if they don't want to get pregnant, there's another kind of leaf they can eat that works like birth control. Does that not? Yeah. Does that not blow your mind? And they figured it out. That is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I throw throw one in here too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air or not. I can't remember. But Mary, as uh, longtime listeners know, uh, feeds squirrels. 
we she gets like some cheap peanuts, you know, unsalted peanuts, a bag of them. And she goes out there and she calls their name. And sometimes when she's working in between clients, she'll open the window and do the same thing. So she's out there and she's throwing some peanuts. And these crows that uh, have been very active in our area uh, came down and we, they were scarfing them up and, uh, you know, making it harder for the squirrels. But she still got them to the squirrels. But the crows, uh, there was like three or four of them were getting a fair amount. And then the next day, she went out to feed uh, some more to the squirrels and maybe some crows. And the crows had left five little sticks, almost exactly the same size. They're twigs. No, I shouldn't say sticks. Tiny, tiny little um, twigs right in the place where they were getting those peanuts as a thank you. And I looked it up, and crows are very, very, very smart animals. Isn't that the sweetest thing in the world, though, that they would give so a, little, a little present back to the to the person who is giving them some uh, food? They're super intelligent. Yeah. yeah they're super, super intelligent. Um, I'll tell you one more of these. Um, yeah. Capuchin monkeys apply citronella root and plants to their fur to keep mosquitoes away. You know who else no does that? No kidding. Human beings. <laughs> How about that? That's great. Yeah. So yeah. cocaine bear, you know, cocaine mm -hmm. bear is a true story. He didn't go on a murderous rampage um, and he wasn't doing cocaine like Scarface, but animals do self-medicate. And sometimes, you know, you think it's by accident, but now we know that very often like the dolphin getting high and tripping on the puffer fish. Right. Now we know it's on purpose. It's That's Bob great. and Sherry. Come on down to the Bob and Sherry store with all kinds of great merchandise. Color me curious. Including the Bob and Sherry coloring book. A coloring book for exhausted adults. You know what? I'm exhausted. You exhaust me. Color your stress away. 50 fun images with lots of snarky slogans. That's correct. Order them for your friends and neighbors. Makes a great gift for mom on Mother's Day. That's music to a mother's ears. Or anytime. Or anytime. Get it today. Just hit the shop tab at bobandsherry.com bob and sherry books swag and the mother of all mothers merch just hit shop at bobandsherry.com in a marriage sometimes even if the other person is giving you something nice you should not over recognize it and i'll give you i'll give you an example you know how i've talked about mary every once in a while we'll have bob's day it doesn't occur too often but like maybe once every 10 months or something like that and in Bob's day, I get to eat what I want to eat. I don't have to do anything around the house. She walks the dog, feeds the cat, and uh, other things that Bob likes uh, happen. And, and you have to be really nice to me, extra nice, all day long. It's Bob's day, and it's announced ahead. I've never done a Mary's day, but two nights ago, I said, listen, you've been working hard. Let me make, uh, I've got a great new recipe with my wok. I'm using the peanut oil and a couple of other ingredients and the usual vegetables and some chicken in there. And I make, I made it perfectly and I served it to her. She said, this is really good. And she never says that. I said, oh, I'm so glad you liked it. You really like it? She says, this is great. She's got one of her shows on TV. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going uh, to watch any of that news crap that I listen to all the time. I'm just going to snu snuggle next to you. She said, you are? I went, yep. You watch whatever you want to watch, and uh, I'm just going to be here, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to stroke your uh, your head and your arm, and you watch whatever you want. 
and there she made a classic mistake. She said, wow, this is like Mary's day. And I went, yes, it is. That is exactly what it is. You're experiencing Mary's day right now. And it could have gone longer. It could have been a different day. But I I took the move and claimed it. And you get credit for that. And I get Did you write it down in the that. calendar so you can keep track of, you know, how often you're going to do it? Of course. Of course. Exactly. And I felt, you know, I felt good about doing that, though. It made me feel so great that she liked the food and that I had, you know, no interest in it. And, and, of course, we're watching, you know, some horrific television series about children who are running from people who are trying to murder them. So, you know, I did make an effort that way because that's not my favorite way to spend the evening. So... Mary's Day. Good for you. Round of Good, applause. Thank you. thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's Bob and Sherry. Some people are naturally just romantic. They have all sorts of cute ideas for date night and fun nicknames, and they leave little love notes in the bathroom, and the rest of us are just not all that great at it. So I'm reading an article about how much dudes like to be given little romantic nicknames. So first of all, is that true? Do you like when when your woman gives you or your man or whatever gives you a little romantic nickname? Yes, I do. And I have a person in my life, my wife, who does that. And I have had relationships where for many years uh, it, I was no one but uh, Bob. <laughs> or him. <laughs> or him. When I'm not around. Max, do you and she Doc, did. do you guys like it when you get a little I romantic? I do. Nickname? I don't have one. You don't have a romantic nickname right now? No. Um, Well, this is uh, this article that I'm reading about men liking romantic nicknames. This is really written for women. And maybe we can find one for you in this list, okay? Because this is written for women that aren't good at it and who just are like, I don't know. I'm just going to call him his name. So I'm going to run through some of these nickname suggestions. And y'all let me know when we land on one that you would like to be known as. Okay? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Honey Bear. No. Sweet stuff. Love mm. bug. I know. Mr. Right. Yeah. Rain man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Right. Yeah. Mr. Right. Uh-huh. Go um, ahead. Cowboy. Ace. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet sweet thing. Fly guy. Captain. Hunk. Big guy. Sir loves a lot. <laughs> Oh my god! Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm gonna start. Uh, wait, wait. I gotta let me write that down. I'm gonna start sir, using that. Sir loves a lot. <laughs> Cutie patootie. That seems like something you'd call a child. Babe, boo boo yeah. or boo boo bear. Yeah, I get a lot of that. Senior suave. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I'm not getting that. I'm Muscles. more sure love a lot than than Senior yes, Suave. suave. <laughs> Muscles, Pookie, Snuggle Buddy, Bubsy, Bubsy Wubsy, yeah. Romeo, Mia Moore. Britt calls her husband. My niece Britt calls her husband Danny Mia Moore. He's he's from Ecuador and he speaks Spanish. So oh, that that's works nice. There. Yeah, that works great. That's classy. Um, me Corazon, which is my heart in Spanish. Here's what I'm not going to call Kevin. Caramilla. 
my beloved no. in Italian. No, you're not. Got to be no. handsome, Casanova, my forever, Prince Charming, Dreamboat, my safe place, my happily ever after, my world, my Mister. Um, I don't want to be called my safe place. I mean, I know that it's, you know, an appreciation, but it's not really a romantic or a sexy, you know. No, I agree. I call Kev the Mr. sometimes. You know, one of them was called Mr. Right. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. rather have a little more menace and be Mr. Wrong? Or Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Mr. Know, right, Mr. Mr. Right sounds like, well, I settled for you. <laughs> what was the Cheryl um, Crow song, You're My Favorite Mistake? Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know that you want to be a woman known as my favorite mistake. Oh my god! It's not. No, 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 no. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You, you were the the wild guy, or you were the guy that was selfish, or whatever. But and she jumped on it because of that appeal, and it was a mistake. But it was her favorite mistake. That says that says there you got something going on. Uh, we continue with our list of nicknames. Sofa King. Heart Slayer. Yeah, that, 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 that says you gave up. It does. Sofa King it does not feel like a compliment. No, um, no, Sugar not. Daddy, Stud Muffin, Cuddle Puddle, Snuggly Wuggly. Here's one for you, Bob Lacey. Sparkle Britches. I like that. I knew I'm you would. I'm writing that right down behind Sir Loves a Lot. Sparkle Britches. <laughs> And you do like you do like some fancy pants. You get your Connecticut or your Nantucket or whatever red pants on and announce to her that you will now be known as Sparkle Bridges. Yeah, but um, I, I'm not one of those guys that wears jeans that have, you know, the studs, little jewels in them. I hate that. No. So and do you know why really you're not that man? Me. Because I will take you outside and beat you with those pants <laughs> if you ever show up with them. Um, Sweetums, Tough Guy, Hot Shop, Wild Thing, Dream Machine, Dreamy McDreamboat. Why don't you get Bridget to call you that, Max? Dreamy McDreamboat. She wouldn't do it with a straight face, but I'll try get her to try. Dream Machine, Captain, that's interesting. That's a good one. Captain Charisma, Love, Nug- <laughs> Love Nugget, Hot Buns, Honey Buns, King Size Candy Bar, Marshmallow, <laughs> Love Muffin, Butter Biscuit, Cupcake, Sweet Cheeks, Macho Nacho. Here's one, yeah. Bob. Why don't yeah. you get her to call you good and plenty? Kajar. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Sweet tea, tater tot, hot tamale, Superman, Maverick, Thor, Mr. Universe, Pooh Bear, MVP, the dude, 007, Mr. Big, Schmoopy, my precious. Ninja, McDreamy, McSteamy, my rock. Here's one for you, Bob. My lobster. That's stupid. Nobody's going to call lobster. Tiger, Teddy, Lion King, Papa Bear, Stink Bug, Stallion. Stink Bug. No. Hush Puppy, and this one does fit, Bob. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> 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 yeah, but does it roll naturally off of her lips? Uh, maybe not. I'm, I'm sticking with Sir hungry. Loves a Lot, man. That's... Jeez, I'm going to get a damn sweatshirt with that on. The very hungry caterpillar. (laughs) Hey, all you not romantic ladies, you're welcome. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stupid.
up. Owning a small business can be super tough. Sometimes you have to get creative just to make ends meet. Maybe that's why a mother-daughter funeral business got into the illegal body parts game. Gruesome, but a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcast. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I was watching Bill Maher on HBO the other day, and he said the most underappreciated group of people in the United States are older people. He said nobody, people, you know, bust on older politicians because they don't have the energy, but what they do have is experience. And I was uh, thinking about that when I saw on BuzzFeed this headline, you can always walk away if the situation is no longer healthy, older people sharing the best advice for 20-somethings. So here you have some people that, you know, have been through it, been around the block, and they are going to give basic uh, heads up so that people in their 20s don't waste a lot of time. Number one, live below your means, if at all possible. Number two, work on discipline, because whatever habits you form in your 20s might end up getting stuck with you for the rest of your life. That's interesting. Number three, don't jump into marriage just because everybody else seems to. If you found that love of your life, go for it. Just make sure you get married for the right reasons. I think that's true. I think, especially for people in their 20s, the pressure, especially in your late 20s, to get married because, you know, People you went to school with or not only getting married, having kids. Don't do that. Wait for the right person. Never stop learning. Keep up with your old hobbies. Uh, start your skincare routine right now. Wear sunscreen on your face and the back of your hands every single day. That's interesting, the back of your hands. You know, if you, if you drive a lot and the sun hits your hands, I guess, you know, that would have a negative effect, right? So that makes sense yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, try not to worry too much. If you find yourself worrying about something, it's good to ask why. That's a tough one for me. Be sincere. That's it. Be honest about who you are to others. You know, that really is true because if you're not, you're going to have to do some splaining later on, and that's tiring. Get a primary care doctor and start seeing them for regular checkups. Live alone for at least two years. I think that's an interesting observation that some older person is giving to a 20-something. Live alone for at least two years because you are going to get to know yourself better. And following up on that, travel to another continent at least once to see how other cultures live. I am convinced that traveling will open you up to appreciating other types of people more than any other thing that you can do in your life. Because it just shows you these people are not bad. They just live differently than we do in my neighborhood. Go to see your favorite bands before they get old or dead. It can get ugly. That is true. That is true. Today, more than any other time, you are not locked into your career in your 20s. If you don't like what you're doing, try other things. I think, I think young people in their 20s are doing that. Don't you, Sherry? Oh, I know they are. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that's why there's so much churn. And it's interesting. I, I know someone I won't name. I won't name her because, you know, she has a really big, serious job in HR. But she just casually mentioned in conversation a couple of days ago that when um, Zoomers come in, Gen Z come in mm -hmm. for a job interview, she said, yeah. they interview me. 
I'm answering all the questions. No kidding. Not the other way around. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because they know that they have a lot of choices right now and they don't want to put up with well, a lot of foolishness. And they've also grown up in a world where there's no job security. There's no pension. Yeah. There's no loyalty yeah. is a one way street. You're right. loyal to the company. The company's not loyal to you. Good luck. Um, holding on to a job, expect to have six different careers. Of course they're coming in and asking questions. Yeah. They, the idea, the idea of a career like, like your dad, Bob might've envisioned is as alien to them as a horse and buggy versus a car. I, I agree. Yeah, my father didn't live that life, but Max's did with the same, how many years with uh, 18 to 42 years, not today. No, I agree. Okay, these are things that uh, older people are giving advice to younger people uh, in their 20s. Take care of your teeth. They are as healthy as they will ever be. Teeth pain is no joke. And Sherry and I also will throw in, it's also connected to your uh, overall health. Try to seem charming. All you have to do a lot of the time is be an engaged listener. That's really interesting. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. You don't have to even be really funny, or you don't have to be glib. But if you're an engaged listener, you seem a little bit more charming to most people. Because what do most people want to do? Talk about their own experiences or themselves. It doesn't matter how much time or effort you have invested in something, a job, a relationship, and so on. You can always walk away from the situation if it is no longer healthy. And we will leave it right there. I think that's a good one to end up on, especially if you're in your 20s and it, you know the relationship or the job are not going well, you've still got some time to recover. Bail out. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hi, Elaine. How you you doing? guys crack me up every morning. Oh, I, oh, thank thank you. you, Elaine. And I have to say, I've never met a woman that um, had her relationship broken up by a monkey. Well, you know, it's a little stretch to call it a relationship. I really only dated him to hang out with a monkey. <laughs> oh, so you really were in... And the monkey was jealous of you when you were there just for the monkey? Oh, yeah. Tell us what happened. Well, it just... I, I was a monkey freak. I was going to go off to Africa and hang out with Jane Goodall. So, you know, anybody that had a monkey was cool. And I had had one when I was a kid, so... um and this was this was a, like a big monkey. I think you had a, you had a monkey as a kid. You had a yeah. mon- your parents got you a monkey. <laughs> you, you had the most wonderful parents in the world. You know what I did? They were crazy. Um, Bob, yeah. you could so relate to my dad. He actually let me buy this monkey at a gator farm in, <laughs> in Florida, and it rode on my lap in a little box all the way home. How do you, how do you figure that I could relate to that? That's the one thing I escaped. <laughs> Raising kids, I think. But you were the kind of dad that would have said yes if they had asked to a monkey at the gator farm. And you would have said, girls, now don't let it out till we get home. It'll bite. Um, and Elaine you know. Punkin, were you an only child? No, I was um, one of four. And your parents, four kids, and they said, yeah, oh, you want to buy a monkey at a gator farm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, wow. if you are going to buy a monkey, a gator farm is a place <laughs> that you can really depend upon hey, for the people to be really, you know, listen, honest and straight with you. I don't know about yeah. the people that run the gator farm. <laughs> that monkey was grateful to get in your car. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's true. <laughs> you want to live in a gator farm if you're a monkey? <laughs> okay, so go on. It, it was. So anyway, so I've just always liked monkeys. So I just, I met this guy living at the beach. And um, and he had a monkey, and I said, oh, gosh, I would love to meet your monkey. So I did, and, and he just started talking about, oh, watch this. She'll get real jealous if you even get close to me. And as long as she was playing with me, she was fine. But if if we got anywhere close to each other, she would go nuts. 
So it was a girl monkey? Yes, it was a girl monkey. Uh, how big was it? You know, about the size of a toddler, but as oh. I said in my email, um, had the wingspan of Michael Phelps. So yeah. real long, real long, long monkey arms. arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And so she would sit down on the other end of the couch, and we'd let her kind of go to sleep. And he'd go, watch this. And he'd kind of snuggle up. And she'd smack me from one end of the couch to the other. The monkey would come over and slap you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like the when you're in the car with your parents and you're a kid, and, and yeah. all of a sudden you're in the back seat, but they can still get to you. That's how that he over and so, No, the monkey wouldn't even get up. It would just reach out one of those big, long uh, monkey arms and go upside your head? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So at one point, we just got tired of the game and put the monkey outside, and she got so mad, she tore up our cedar um, picnic table. I mean, two, two toothpicks. It was little. Wow. You mean you put the monkey outside, and the monkey's just, like, walking around the house? The monkey's loose outside? Yeah. The, the monkey's loose outside? Yeah, it was like a toddler. I mean, you know, it kind of walked around, had its little diaper. I wouldn't put a toddler outside either. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's the thing, there, Elaine. Yeah, well, my kids made it to, to their teen years. They're good. They're good. Um, now, so, when, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask about just putting the monkey outside. Was it fenced? Yeah. Um, of course, a monkey could climb a fence. I mean, they climb trees. No, that's I mean, a very well, good point. It, it, it had like a leash thing that that. He, well, it's his monkey. I let him do it. it wasn't wasn't up oh, to none me. your business? Yeah. 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 Um, now, going back to your pet monkey, how long <laughs> how long did the Gator Farm monkey stay at your house? Oh, you know, Casper didn't last all that long. Um, this was like thirty plus years ago, and in Charlotte, North Carolina, there weren't a whole lot of vets that took care of monkeys, and when our vet said take it to the pediatrician. They didn't appreciate that very much. The pediatrician wouldn't treat your monkey. No, no. Aww. So, um, and I, I was, um, I, I went away on a trip, and monkeys get very attached to one person, and uh-huh. apparently he didn't want to eat much. While I was gone, he pined for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. You he know died? what? I'm not going to say. Casper, in other words, it's going to end badly. I can feel it. Coming. Casper. Casper died. Yeah. Yeah. My, how, my how did he die? Of a broken heart. He, he didn't eat. Yeah. Well, and you know, and it also came from a gator farm, so it might have had some diseases and stuff. Too. Yeah, your father was a kook. <laughs> your, your father was really kooky, bringing a monkey from a gator farm to Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. What was, what was the? I would love to see you walk that thing into a pediatrics office. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Fun. That's one ugly baby. I hate to tell you, lady. No offense, um, but. So, you know, I, this is why they say that monkeys are not really meant to be pets, I guess, because yeah. they, they do require specialized care. Oh, and they're very messy. They're very. He, he used to love to eat grapes, but the, he didn't eat the skin. And when my mom would walk by, he'd flick them on the wall, like spit one. <laughs> See, your parents had four kids. Why would you bring a monkey into That's that house? That's a very house? good question. Well, it was company for the four dogs and the mice and everything else. <laughs> I wonder how the monkey felt, like when it compared... You know, okay, the, the, the gator farm, four dogs, these mice, these kids. No, Sarah, gator you, farm. Had, you had a pig, so. I did, I did. Yeah. You know what I love about that, though? I saw the, your pig. The monkey was company for uh, four dogs. <laughs> I'm picturing the four, <laughs> the the four dogs like who stand around and they're going to each other. You know, I know I got you three, but I'm still lonely. <laughs> Well, we had, we, had a, we had a Great Dane and a minute, all the way down to a miniature poodle, so we um, had quite, quite what, a menagerie. How did they get along? Like, uh, you know, the monkey. Yeah, the monkey be... comes in and looks at the Great Dane. That had to be nervous. I know, unless he was riding him around or something. Oh, that would be fun. How did that work out? Well, you can pretty much tell our house was a zoo. <laughs> you had, you had really cool parents. Yeah, they. You know what? They really were cool, and I am so glad that my kids somehow or another did not find out I owned a monkey until well into their teen years. <laughs> yeah. How did they tell you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them have a monkey. How did they tell you that Casper died? Um. You know, it was. 
it was right out of a movie. I got a letter from my sister that said Casper is sick, Casper's very sick, Casper's very, very, very sick. And I came home and the little pole that was in his in his big cage was in the corner like tiny Tim's crutch. Oh no. I know. It's like where's Casper? And there was the stick. Now he's Casper, the, the friendly ghost, <laughs> the friendliest ghost we know. <laughs> so bad. That is bad, Sherry. That, that is bad. He always says <laughs> Now, see, this is why I love you guys so much. You know, on the bucket list, we're sick. Morgan, Morgan Freeman always said he wanted to laugh till he cried. You guys make me laugh till I oh, cried every oh, day. Thank you Elaine. so much. And thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that ultimately tragic. Yeah, there's Story. there's nothing like a monkey's death to really crack up America. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Yeah, thanks a lot, Elaine. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. see you later. Bye bye. There was um, there was nothing in this email to indicate that a monkey would die of a broken heart before the story was over. Was there anything in that the monkey came from the gator farm? No, no, no. Oh, here's the Casper song. Right? <sighs> Casper, the Kids, um, in the circle of life, we never know when God will call our beloved animal friends to monkey heaven. And that family took as good a care of Casper as anybody could have. And those were simpler times, and people didn't know that you shouldn't buy monkeys from gator farms and keep them as pets. So before you send um, Elaine any negative energy, remember that they didn't know any better back then. Right. She just loved monkeys. Come on down to the Bob and Sherry store with all kinds of great merchandise. Color me curious. Including the Bob and Sherry coloring book. A coloring book for exhausted adults. You know what? I'm exhausted. You exhaust me. Color your stress away. 50 fun images with lots of snarky slogans. That's correct. Order them for your friends and neighbors. Makes a great gift for mom on Mother's Day. That's music to a mother's ears. Or anytime. Or anytime. Get it today. Just hit the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Like a lot of people, I have multiple email accounts. I have one that I just use for like, you know, shopping stuff, right? And I have my general email account that is kind of like family and friends. I got a couple of work accounts, a couple of others, right? Well, I got locked out of one of my work accounts and could not get back in, could not get back in. I, I gave up for a long time. I mean, I gave up for about nine months and was just using other accounts. I finally mm-hmm. got in the other day. And here's what I discovered. 10,514 unread messages. <laughs> and... Wait, most of them came from one place. I think because I'm media, somewhere along the line, that email address got vacuumed up into the White House press pool account. Really? I had no idea how many emails go out to the White House press pool every day. Before I deleted them all, and I did, I ended up having to delete them all. I, I was getting, like on any given day in January, for example, mm-hmm. I might have had 23 separate messages telling me where the first lady was. Um, press oh, no alert, kidding. first lady motorcade departs here. First lady motorcade yeah. departs there. Um, huh. I had press releases from to the White House press pool, um, news reports, detailed emails analyzing the previous news report. 
I, did you know about this? Cause I had, I had no, no idea. No idea. So what I did was because it went back nine or 10 months, I deleted all of it, but I did not unsubscribe from the white house press pool because just looking at these things, it was so interesting. It was this whole, this mm-hmm. whole world that I didn't even know existed. Right. And right. I guess, I guess it's somebody's job at like NBC news or, you know, vice news or whatever to know exactly where the heck the first lady is at all freaking times. Sure. It, yeah, sure. It was so interesting, y'all. And I wonder, I bet anybody could subscribe to it. I just got sucked into it because I'm in media. And I bet if you ever accessed that account, you'd find yourself there too, Bob. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.